Yo, what's up? It's your girl, Father Longlegs, Daddy T. You know me. All right, I'm going to make these announcements pretty quick. Um, if you haven't signed up for this upcoming PayPal newsletter, that's a super confidant newsletter. Um, all you have to do is PayPal $5 or more before the 5th of the month, so that's before September 5th, to paypal.me slash you can tell me anything. Um, what do you get for that? I send a personal super i mean there's no way to describe it besides a super super email because i include a video confession that's just a private confession for the super confidants uh photos um extra tidbits stories from my life this month and when i'm feeling emo sometimes poetry um uh, but it's just a fun little way to get a little bit more about me since i don't talk uh as specifically about my own life on the podcast and if you want to hear that you can join in also it's because this podcast is free and it helps support it so it's just a little little fun thing paypal.me slash you can tell me anything and if you want to just join and talk for free i have a discord um that link is usually in the bio of this uh of this instagram at tell me anything pod but um every once in a while you know i'll change the link to promote something specific which i am going to do today so if you can't find the discord email me at tellmeanythingpod at gmail.com or DM me and I'll give it to you. That being said, um, speaking of emailing, I'm having fun um, hearing from some of you. I feel like I know in the beginning and it felt like, oh, this is a podcast and I just listen. But now more of you guys, of you confidants have been reaching out to me and I love that and I love talking to you. And uh, I love having like just learning more about you. So I'm going to start... I'm going to give you guys a prompt if you're if you're if you're nervous about reaching out or you just don't have anything to say. Here's something you can say to me. Email me and tell me what's something you did for the first time this year. Um, it's tell me anything pod at gmail.com. Email me and I won't have to read this. I don't have to post this. I mean, I don't have to read it out loud, but I'll respond to you directly. And if you um if you do want me to read it out loud, because sometimes I read emails from you guys, uh, just make a note that you're okay with that and anything I should know in terms of like saying your name or not saying your name. But really, I just want to hear from you. So email me personally. Tell me anything pod at gmail.com. What's something you did for the first time this year? I want to know. Um, I can tell you what's something I did for the first time this year. Uh, I guess if we're counting calendar year EMDR, because I started around November last year and so much has changed, truly, truly would say just opened up a lot of healing for me and also new experiences and also just, it was really cool. A lot of growth, very scary, but cool. Um, yeah, talking about growth and healing, um, I do want to let you guys know, um, so my guest today is so, so funny. You guys probably have seen him, uh, his comedy. Um, he's definitely a more successful comedian than me, but, um, it's Jason Signs, and I wanted to like, we guys, we didn't actually talk about this on the pod, but I do want to point you guys to his GoFundMe. Um, he kind of hints at it and we didn't get into the story cause he's talked extensively about it and other platforms but if you want to check out the story um he of, of his accident um which happened a little over a year ago uh which is what left him um you know paralyzed and uh, needed a wheelchair and he does have a gofundme and it is still collecting donations so if you do want to help it's just um going to be the link in the bio i will put it as a bitly but you can also search jason signs gofundme it should come up i believe it's like signs spines there's a, a cute little name that they they made um 
but truly he's such a funny and positive guy but the reality is you know the accident obviously comes with a lot of bills and a lot of visits to the doctor and just a lot of complications that are going to last much longer than the first year and the first year is when most friends were being supportive so if you guys feel like it and you're discovering his comedy for the first time and want to support him please do consider helping him out um I think uh it's really really amazing how much he's recovered but just reminding everyone that you know it's an ongoing process that being said uh you should definitely also watch his appearance on comedy central corporate and killer raccoons um he talks about that a little bit later but i have something to say and uh i don't know if jason's listening to this so i'm also going to email him but i thought of a confession to tell him but i didn't think about it till i was looking up the link for the gofundme so (laughs) unfortunately i wish i got this live uh on the actual pod But Jason, I have a confession for you. Um, When I first heard about your accident, I actually was really ambitiously trying to gather a lot of our friends together to create a document with a bunch of like just books, movies, uh, links, funny videos, just like a, a, a really wide list of recommendations from friends for your recovery in the hospital for things to watch I also solicited notes um I got a few responses but I got so overwhelmed and this is not to excuse it but I got embarrassed I never told you this I felt really bad because I started doing this and then this was around a time when I just had a very unrelated but monumental um experience in my own personal life and I got very overwhelmed and then uh, your other very good friends also put together a benefit show for you so I just ended up donating to that instead and attending that and got too overwhelmed to finish um, putting together the notebook and I never gave it to you so I that's my confession I apologize and there were some very nice friends who contributed um, who also I believe continued contributing to the bigger benefit show so hopefully they got their messages through but the truth is I just got embarrassed that I didn't finish it and then just didn't want to give you a half finished notebook and then it just was way too long and then I moved and then I don't know where that is now so that is my confession and my apology um so yeah anyways enjoy the show everyone listening I hope you guys have a good day and write me if you have any thoughts at Larissa T on Twitter and Instagram. All right. Bye. You can tell her, you can tell her anything. She's a real good listener. You can tell her anything. Let me start it. Yo, what's up? It's your girl, Father Longlegs. Um, this is You Can Tell Me Anything. I'm so excited to have my guest today. This is another Zoom edition, which is just the way we do everything now. Um, very excited to have him on my podcast. We met way back in New York and moved to LA around the same time. It's Jason Signs. Hi, Teresa Lee. <laughs> Thank you for having me on Zoom. Yes, thank you for being on podcast. this pod. Um, yeah. You're very, very funny. I think you were just on. I haven't <laughs> watched corporate yet because I don't have cable, but I saw that you were just on an episode of Comedy Central. Corporate. I was. Congratulations. I was. Thank you. Yeah, that's my first confession. Um, oh yes. What's I, your? Yeah. I, let's let's get into the good confession, which is the way we like to start. So you tell me a little bit about it. Um, well, here's here's really the confession for it is that. Uh, you know, like, 
Matt Engelbrenson and Dave Ross, they host it. Mm-hmm. And um, Matt is like co-creator of Corporate. Mm-hmm. And it's been three years on the air. This is the third season. And a lot of our friends have been on the show. And it's a fun show. I like it. And I did this. I did their stand-up show at, at Stories Bookstore back when we could do Oh, yeah. Shows. Crowds of people. <laughs> There's crowds of people, even though it was outdoors. And um, it was a great show. And at the end, after the show, I said, hey, Matt, if you, got a, if you need a guy in a wheelchair on your show, let me know. And then two weeks later, he emailed me. That's my confession. That's awesome. I, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna watch the. Uh, I feel like I, now I have no excuse to not catch up on shows because I'm just at home all the time. Mm-hmm. I did the thing where I bought one month of HBO and I'm binging everything that I want to watch on it in one month. So that HBO I don't Max. Or yeah, HBO? yeah, HBO Max. Because oh, I cool. originally was like, I'll do a trial for a week, and then I forgot to cancel it. So now I have a month, and I That's will cancel. But I'm binging. <laughs> I'm, I watch all of Insecure, and I'm gonna finish silicon valley but basically binging everything because i i'm not good i don't know it's hard for me to pay for these subscription shows because i don't watch things enough to justify it personally right but uh yeah just buy them and then binge everything they have on it and then (laughs) cancel your subscription and it feels way more worth it it's like movie pass where do you remember those good good old days where it's like nine dollars a month for unlimited unlimited movies yeah that lasted three weeks (laughs) But it was a fun three weeks. Insanity. Um, well, thank you for coming on the show. Um, we mm-hmm. we kind of like are in, like, loosely inspired, we as in me, by um, therapy because I started this show sort of as a way, when I started going to therapy, which is very late in life, I found that like just getting things off my chest or even uh, listening to people talk about through their uh, stories was very therapeutic for me. So that's where this loosely came from. But I'm curious, do you have any experience with therapy or, you know, what, uh, do you ever go? Have you gone? What's your take on it? Yeah, I've, I've gone to therapy many times. Um, I'm currently going to therapy now. Um, uh, I I first went to therapy after my divorce back in Washington, DC. That was like 2006. So that was a while ago. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, in New York city for a while, when I got Obamacare, I could, I got free uh, therapy. So I went, you know, towards yeah. the end of my stay in New York. It's very and hard now, to do New York without there. I mean, I feel like in New York, <laughs> it's almost glamorized. Not like that's necessarily good either, but wh- that's how I found out about therapy was just all the cool kids were doing it in New York. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah, like Larry David and uh, Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, my, my good friends, Larry David and Jerry <laughs> You know, you know your friends. Just hanging Otherwise, out in our cars, you know, getting coffee. Now they're getting caught. Now you can't even do that. Now it's comedians over Zoom talking <laughs> about coffee. Anyways, uh, and now I, I, I do therapy. Um, obviously, you know, lots happened in my life over mm-hmm. the past couple of years. And um, therapy has been really helpful for that, too. So therapy, I believe in it. That's awesome. Yeah, it's definitely something as a comedian, I feel like is to me, I feel like everyone's had some experience or has heard someone talk about it. But um, sometimes I have to like I remind myself when I was growing up, it wasn't even the thing I really understood or um, realized was like a resource. And then there's still a lot of areas, especially like in immigrant communities where they think of it as Mm. it's almost like it's a like you have a problem if you have to go. So it's I like to just get everyone's like sort of experience with it because yeah. I think it's so a lot different. of people have uh you know uh, you know I get hard feelings towards therapy and a lot of different cultures I mm-hmm. think 
my parents were a little like skeptical about therapy at first because they're like religious Catholic hmm. and like you talk to a priest. That's all you talk to. You, know, you, don't <laughs> go to ther- you don't go to somebody else to tell, you know, you go to a priest to say these things, you know. Did you go to confession um, growing up? Uh, yeah, yeah. But I wasn't getting into any, you know, bad shit back then, you know. <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah. Is now it, is it um, there when in confession, because in the movies, they're always like there is some advice but in in your experience with confessionals are the priests taking sort of a therapist role like are they kind of working through untangling like reasons with you or is it more like okay thanks for telling me all right check bye (laughs) (laughs) um no it's more like thanks for telling me signing the cross goodbye (laughs) thanks for telling Um, me you're not going to hell anymore yeah right Uh, (laughs) but i feel like with this is my one of my gripes with the you know, church in general and the Catholic church is that nothing, none of it was personal. Mm. You know, the, the, the priest would do, uh, uh, you know, do the gospel and then talk and then tell a story that wasn't relatable mm. or just, you know, try to, you know, say something that I just, as a teen and young child, like who cared? I didn't care. And in confession, he didn't, you know, like go deep or, you know, mm. ask questions about it at all either. It's just like, you're absolved, say a couple of prayers and go. So like, there's no personal touch to the Catholic church, unless you're getting personally touched by one of the priests. Oh God. <laughs> and thankfully I never had any of that. That's I got good. Out before that happened. Yeah. Do, am I remembering correctly? Do you played a UCBW character that was like a priest? Yeah. Okay. Cause I Father think this Nelson. was, yeah. Before I met you officially, um, cause you were, you've been at UCB a lot longer. You're like, a, I would consider a senior to my freshman days. If that makes sense. Like, you know, yeah. when you show up at a theater and the school and there's sort of, people on stage already um so i remember right. watching you in the uh, ucbw is like the rest the wrestling league i the guess fake wrestling yeah. it was during the cage match improv show yeah so there would be in between these cage match improv competitions um yeah. sort of a, a mini likes i guess i'm saying this in, as if people have never seen it it's like a sketch between two fake characters very much like right. wrestling but more comedy forward than uh physical um, but yes. there, there was for yeah. sure choreography. Yeah, I remember you had a priest because <laughs> yeah. it very much sticks out in my mind because um, I well, you're very funny. But I remember seeing that and then uh, you like looked a lot like one of my best friends in school at the time, just hairstyle wise. So I kept <laughs> thinking you were him the first time I saw you. And then so then the next time I saw you, I recognized you. I was like, oh, OK, that's that guy from the. The UCB it's w. the guy does I see it at the open mics. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was I way before I even did stand up. Yeah, yeah, I was like a student just going to watch shows mm-hmm. very quietly. Um, I was doing both at the same time too. As soon as I got there. Yeah. So you, yes, because you, I, I know you more as a stand up now, but that's funny because I remember meeting you at UCB or seeing yeah. you at UCB. I don't think we actually met, we, but UCB I could do characters like Father Nelson who would get you in a full Nelson hold and then try to, you know rape you butt rape you from behind <laughs> and then like charlie todd was there and he'd be the yeah. announcer right it was fun that, that's why i like ucb is the character stuff you know get to write and do characters yeah so how did you okay so you you're not catholic anymore you're not practicing no so um how did you sort of find your way to comedy was there any uh i, I mean you don't have to give me your whole life story but in terms of like the spiritual sort of like because comedy in a way does bring you a little bit of like a spiritual fulfillment. I'm curious if there was any mm-hmm. crossover there. I think this uh, spiritual side of comedy. Wow. I, I mean, to me, comedy's always been in like a, a mechanism of my personality, like a diffuser. Mm. 
What do you, you know, mean? Like a tension tension breaker. Oh, okay. Like, I remember as a kid, like my friends would be fighting, or they'd be like a you know like they'd be upset over something, and then I'd make a joke about it. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. and they would laugh. And I thought, oh, that's, you know, they, I like that feeling. I like making people laugh in that moment. So I don't know if it's therapeutic or anything or that's spiritual. Oh, and so you're, were you more, did you always feel like you have to keep the peace with your friends? Yeah, absolutely. Gotcha. Absolutely. And that, you know, goes into some of the confessions I have today, if you want to get into that. Oh, yeah, let's but get I, into it. Perfect. So, but, Jason, but, is there something yeah. you want to tell me? Well, let's... Maybe I can build a story. Maybe we can make this a, ther- a therapy session too. But I do like to keep the peace. And it's tough for me to make, have tough conversations. Mm. And one of the first examples I have of this is when I first first started doing theater in high school. Oh, you're a theater kid. Okay. I was a theater I'm also, kid, yeah. Some, I somehow pinned you as an athlete. Or maybe you were both. Were you like a Zac Efron type? I wasn't a good enough athlete to make the teams. But I did JV wrestling. I did JV basketball. Gotcha. So I played. I just wasn't good enough. (laughs) But I was a good, uh, you know, actor. I, you know, high school actor. Uh huh. Had enough personality to get, you know, get by. Um, but it was like middle school is when I first started doing theater, right? And I was hanging out with a group of guys uh, that I loved: uh, Thaddeus, Eugene, and Clifford. Three black dudes and probably the funniest time of my life. Uh-huh. Like just the funniest dudes. And we would play basketball and we go see movies. And it was just, they were great. Um, and we used to eat lunch together in middle school. But as you get into high school, things like people start having different lunches. Mm-hmm. You know, so Thaddeus and Eugene had a different lunch. So it was just me and Clifford at that point, right? Of that group. Yeah. That was about the time where I like started making friends in the theater department. And they're, they're like, Hey, Jason, come sit with us. Come sit with us, you know? And instead of inviting Clifford to come sit with my new friends and me, I just said, Hey Clifford, I'm going to go sit with these guys. Uh, mm. I'm sorry. Um, but we can still hang out after school and between class, but I'm going to go sit with them for now. And he was like the last kid in that group wow. in that lunch. And so yeah. I just left him high and dry. And I, I still feel bad about that to this day because I didn't just tell them the truth or invite them along. I just mm-hmm. kind of avoided it and said, sorry, you got to go. You Did know? he ever bring up how he felt about it to you? You know what? We didn't really talk that much anymore because mm-hmm. we we're both going into high school. Sure. Yeah. And we didn't really hang out that much anymore. Um, and, then my, and then Thaddeus moves away and Eugene, I think, moved later. So that group, group kind of disappeared, but I, I, you know, I feel like I did Clifford wrong that day. That's yeah. I mean, this is such a uh, relatable like moment for growing up because you know, as you put it well, like friends change and people grow. But it is at the time you might not be able to process all of your feelings, and it's sort of like it's very exciting to be seen in a new way by a new group of friends. So even if you I don't know if you and Clifford were drifting apart to begin with, but even if you mm. weren't, sometimes there's something very exciting, like novel about starting blank without, you know, bringing your, like, it's like yours to like be seen by this new yeah, group, maybe. you know, maybe. Um, were you guys already sort of drifting apart or were you feeling like you were just, you just wanted to have this new experience without him? Well, I feel like the whole group, I, I don't know if me and Clifford were drifting apart, but the whole group was drifting apart. Right at that time. So I, I think probably, yeah, probably we were, you know, 
what what was he in like a different clique? I don't know if your high school had like cliques or or anything, but it's interesting because when you're going into high school, um, you're like in different classes. You have different, you know, where your lockers is and mm-hmm. stuff. So it feels like, um, yeah, you start hanging out with different people and you have different lunches. That's why, like, the the group was breaking up is because had, we had different lunches, you know, next year. So yeah. Uh, I feel like they, they they were the click. That was the click for sure. Gotcha. It's interesting. Yeah. I mean, not not. Have you watched Insecure at all? Only because I literally just watched it and we talked about it. But they. Co- uh, I, I haven't watched the new season yet. They cover I, this know, very it. specific storyline, or not obviously high school, but um, about friendships that have been mm. growing, and it's not always one thing, and it's not always like anyone did anything specifically, but sometimes when you know someone for so long, and then you start to grow into your next stage of life it can feel like, I think when you get to the other stage, if you then realize it's nothing to do with the person, but when you're in the transition, it feels like they may be like taking away from the growth sometimes. I don't know how much teenage Jason was (laughs) aware of that, but. (laughs) I think, I mean, I think I I still behave that way up until, you know, my thirties, into my (laughs) thirties. So what was tough about the conversation itself? Because it sounds like more than just doing the thing you maybe had this idea that there should have been a conversation that wasn't had. So did you sort of mull over, like, should I say more? And then you chose not to, or this more, more in hindsight, you thought you should have said something in hindsight, in hindsight, like I, I, uh, we were probably sitting alone by ourselves for a couple, you know, days or maybe a week or so as, you know, as school was wrapping up and, you know, things were about to change over the summer and all that. Mm. Um, and so I feel like, yeah, I feel like in, in retrospect, because I would have had time to talk to him about it. Mm-hmm. It's tough. Yeah. I mean, especially at that age, like, like you said, there's people my age who still, I can sometimes, I have a hard time. I hype myself up now to have these conversations. I, um, I always try to have them, but they're not easy. I think that's the illusion is like that anyone, if you're like enjoying tough conversations there, <laughs> that might be like... <laughs> a problem too so yeah right i feel like exactly. yeah i feel like it should sh- yeah it's hard but it's um it's, it's necessary mm-hmm. so you said this is like a thing that's happened more than once um has it come up more often in your life or i mean i'm assuming the self-awareness implies that you've examined this and maybe there's been change but maybe not yeah well i want to just uh, like to segue into it like i think that's sort of like how i st- would treat hard conversations in romantic relationships. Mm. So I feel like I would never, I, I've never cheated on a girlfriend, mm-hmm. but I've always, you know, broken up with a girlfriend for another girl. Gotcha. You know? So instead of like having conversations of like, Hey, uh, I met someone else or there is somebody else. I would just come up with another reason, mm. you know, to say this is not working. Or, uh, you know, I I think that's what, this is not working, but never be specific about it. Right. Was it a fear of how they would react or a fear of like how they, uh, or like, because it's it's interesting. I mean, I totally relate to that. Sometimes you want to sweeten the, the like message, but it doesn't change the truth. So is it more you're afraid of how they'll react or more of how they'll see you or something else? I think if you really, if I'm really being honest, is that 
I or, am worried of how they're going to react to the 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 re, the revealing of what I'm truly am is mm. that I am a uh, cheating, lying asshole. But you're not. So, but I see what you mean. So you're almost right. jumping ahead to this um, version of yourself that you're trying to avoid by ending it w at earlier or something. Right. True. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess I'm not cheating at that point, but I am. What I am saying is that I don't want to have sex with you anymore. Mm -hmm. I'd rather have sex with this other person than rather <laughs> have sex with other people. I think that's the conversation I, I'm never able to have. Now I'm like visualizing if someone said this, cause I am always like, be honest, but I'm like visualizing if someone <laughs> yeah. said this to me, how I would react. And it's funny. Cause I'm like, I know, I know what you mean about using comedy to cut the tension. And I am thinking like, would I want this given to me straight or with jokes? And I feel yeah. like, uh, I feel like I, the reality is I would want it given straight, but then I would want to be able to get mad, which is probably not what the person on the other end would want, but no, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's the truth. I think is um, it's it's tough. And thank you for sharing. I could tell you had your thinking face on, so I'm I, I'm like that was it felt like a very honest answer. Yeah. But it, and so I'm thank like trying to be well. honest too by saying when I tell people I've partners I've been with like be honest. I don't mean if you're honest, nothing bad will happen. I just mean if you're right. honest, I will also react honestly, and that may involve being mad at you. But I mm -hmm. feel if there is the truth, then it's like. I could have that emotion. And then if we want to work it out, we could work it out if we both don't. And then, you know, and it sounds like in those situations you've made your choice, then yeah. nothing I do would change anyway. So I feel like the emotion could still be had and yes. it doesn't change the truth. Agreed. I've but, had this conversation with uh, my wife mm, now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Something came up uh, recently about a mutual friend. And she asked me if I had slept with her back in the day. And I said, oh, yeah. <laughs> and at first, I, I, she was mad, obviously. Mm -hmm. and I was like, you asked. Then I, <laughs> I also thought to myself, well, I could have said no. Like, you uh -huh. know, but I don't want to lie. Yeah. And this was in the past. Um, but she was, like, emailing with her. And, like, now mm. she felt foolish. I see. You know, so, you know, I said, okay, I understand that. And she's like, in the future, if you see me interacting with somebody and it's personal and you had slept with that person. And I asked you about it. Uh, I was like, do you want to know? And she's like, yes, I guess. Uh-huh. That's yeah, that's tough. And especially more in comedy, it comes up because yeah, just oh, to yeah. Cl clarify, it's like normally, I, not normally, but a lot of um, not people outside of creative uh, yeah. you know, industries, you're not running into this situation as much. Yeah. So it's not like, it's not like, um, yeah. it's not like this would necessarily happen in other industries, but it's very common well, in comedy in a way yes. that's like, even if you, it's not like, it's not a bad thing to have a lot of exes in comedy, especially if you've been in it for decades. So I yeah, think unless it's, you're like a stewardess or an airline pilot <laughs> or something. Uh -huh. I think, God, uh, she didn't ask me that question in New York. And <laughs> that's why that's why people move cities after uh, yeah, right. not to not to chase fame, but to get get, get to away from their exes. All the exes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think this is a really interesting um, conversation to have because I think it's not uncommon, but it is very stressful. And I also think with yeah. relationships, everyone has different expectations and needs. And, you know, it's like for mm. in your situation, like 
for her, it wasn't about the fact that you slept with her. She said she felt foolish, right? So what I hear there is there's a little bit of like, we're all kind of looking at ourselves a little bit. So obviously you guys love each other. So that's something it could yeah. easily work out because you also want her to feel good and she wants you to feel good. But in early relationships, sometimes that can cause tension if, you know, you're not sure if someone loves you and you're not sure how yeah. safe you can be. And so you're not yes. sure how open you can be. And so um, I've been in situations where I'm like, I don't want to ask because I don't want to seem jealous or I, I don't want to push the person away. Mm -hmm. I want to be chill. And now I realize like, well, if I have that emotion and that question, I'm already not chill. So either not chill about it. Yeah. yeah. So either I just yeah. accept that I'm not chill and hopefully the person who, you know, ideally if it keeps going, it will be with me forever. Like accepts that. Or the other version is I lie for a while about being chill and then eventually realize that it's not working. So it's a right. it's a hard truth to come to because so early on, it's hard to just accept like, yourself and it's easier to be like well maybe they'll uh maybe they'll change for me <laughs> but you can't fake being chill yeah i've tried it's uh <laughs> it's it doesn't hard. work <laughs> it usually ends in me crying at a bar <laughs> yeah well i think my girl now she's amazing because she really is uh you know we, we talk it out i've i've we've had more arguments mm -hmm. which i think is good like i had some relationships where i would never argue with them mm -hmm. even when we i maybe we should have a little argument at least to see where we stand on something, you know? Yeah. And I feel like that's good. You know, it's, it's different with her and I like it. That's great. I mean, it's like family um, because uh -huh, families, right. it's a totally different feeling, but I think it's, you feel safe because if you can, I, I think family and, you know, partnerships allow for, or healthy ones allow for space for both people to have their emotions and um, to express their needs. And, right. you know, when you're by yourself and you don't have a partner around, you're still having ups and downs. Like there's days where you're like, I'm mad at myself. So why should yeah. you not be allowed? Why should your partner not be allowed to be mad at you? If mm -hmm. you're allowed to be mad at you. Sometimes I think yeah. that way. Cause I, I get very insecure too. If someone, if I feel like I'm on shaky ground with someone. Um, yeah, I know. I know. I feel the same way. I'm very emotive, I guess. No. Um, I have empathy. I see, you know, I, I could feel someone's, upset and I, that's why i don't want to tell them hey mm -hmm. i'm leaving you because i want to kind of have sex with other people <laughs> it's gonna say i if they get upset i'm gonna feel that pain you know so sure you know i, I avoid it by you know it's, you know i just don't feel like it's working i need to focus on my writing yada 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 you know like, <laughs> so i don't have to i don't have to feel that pain which is uh, derives them of the truth you know and the pain they need to go on to move forward yeah well there is a, i think there are some gray areas in that like I mean how long are these relationships because I think if you're like dating for a few months I, I don't think you need to say like I don't want to have sex with you anymore that's personal oh, no. I mean I don't know some people might want to say that I feel like I don't need to hear that I assume that if you after like you know six dates you don't want to hang out I don't want to have sex with you anymore no it's not <laughs> these are like year long relationships okay 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 yeah. gotcha yeah. yeah yeah because I think that's uh there's definitely nuance in that I think if you've built trust and time and experiences I I do think a, a longer conversation even yes. if it's uncomfortable it's, it could be had but yeah, yeah. um yeah, I, uh, yeah, that's that's my big confession to all the girls. Out there. <laughs> Not all the girls, you know, there's my, my a couple of my last ones, you know, mm. I, I deserve to give them they deserve uh, an honest conversation. Mm. That's very, um, very like self aware and nice of you to say, because I think most I mean, 
most people grow, grow through their relationships and then find the one which you did and you guys found someone each other and you know you could love each other and i think yeah. without these experiences you wouldn't be able to learn how to you know then treat that relationship well so i think most people look back on their past and think you know we all have regrets but generally uh i think everyone kind of understands like that's all part of getting there so Mm -hmm. it doesn't sound like you were stuck there which is nice um but i think that's really cool of you to look back and say that i don't hear that side from a lot of i I guess men as much as i do from women but you know that's also maybe i'm not talking to the right men so true true and i'm I'm trying to change moving forward this is just retrospective mm-hmm. 2020 me looking at my life like i'm trying to build a life now in a family with my, my new partner yeah um I, I i want to be open and honest in everything and i think she helps do that and therapy helps too yeah how therapy helps um, talking how are you on the other end of that like receiving or if someone's like we need to talk what's your are you triggered by that um I think I used to be, but I'm learning how, how to, to just listen. Mm. I think it's hard. At first, I wanted to fix it. Mm-hmm. I remember my, my, my last serious girlfriend, her, her, her grandfather passed away. It was mm. over Thanksgiving break. Mm. And I remember I was trying to like get her dinner or do something nice for her. And she was being wishy-washy with it or couldn't make a decision, obviously, because she was her father, grandfather just died. Mm-hmm. And I got upset and said, hey, I'm just trying to help you. Mm. Why did I have to be a jerk to her <laughs> after her grandfather died? I don't know. Um, well, I, I think maybe you're being hard on yourself saying you're a jerk, but I, I know what you mean. There's a sense of um, it's almost like you're as a kid, you are trying to keep the peace. It's not mm. that you're causing her the pain, but you can feel her pain and you want to help make it go away. And True, but I, I did was kind of, I, I was, I did snap at her. I mm. feel like I did, <laughs> you know. It's tough. There's no really manual for um, those tough situations. That's why I think yeah. that's the thing people don't say as much. It's like these tough conversations, you can get better at having them, but they are always still tough and the situations are still tough. It's not like you reach a point where you're like, now I'm happy that my friends, the grandparents true. are dying because I know what to do. Like, it's still bad and it sucks. You, you still need to continue to talk. You yeah. always have these conversations. Uh, my wife has a book called Tough Questions. Mm. And sometimes we'll be on the balcony having wine and we'll just say, all right, you know, chapter four, what's your ideal house like? Ooh. Oh, it's like a, like a... pets do you want to have? That's cool. Yeah. So then you just talk about, you know, what, who, uh, what type of spending, who's in control of the money, you know, things like that. Uh huh. So it's, it's, you know, a, a book that helps you to ask those tough questions. And I, I avoided them and Aaron it has a book on them. <laughs> so I feel like she's a pretty good match. Yeah. I was going to say, it sounds like a very good, uh, compliment. Um, yeah, do you know, the, uh, before. New York times or they did, did something a while ago, like the question, like 40 questions to fall in love to you. Have you heard of that? It's like oh, some yes, study. Yes. Okay, it's been around for yeah. a while. Yeah, but um, well, you do it and you fall in love by the, su- by the supposedly. 40th. I mean, but Ryan Beck, um, uh, who's a comic that we oh, knew yeah. in New York, um, and he's been on the yeah. show, has a podcast with his wife Grace about that, where they just every episode ask a question, and it's very fun Ooh. because obviously, like you guys, they're already together. They're already but, in love. Yeah. But it kind of there's a weird for me a weird safety. Um, I used to say 
that I love listening to couples podcasts because it makes me feel like mom and dad are getting along. And I know people generally, comedians will joke about not liking those formats, but I love them. And I think to me, yeah, it's like safe. I, it's safe to hear two people who yes. already decided they trust each other answer those questions. Cause then I like <laughs> Will and uh, Julia's podcast. We hope you don't mm -hmm. break up. I love that one too. Yeah. I like, yeah. I like, uh, you know, couples that are fun doing that stuff. And, um, Hey, hey, if it's if it's funny and you're in love, <laughs> then it, it's double funny, you know, just because I used to think that, hey, if I was in a serious relationship, I can't be funny anymore. That mm. removes my edge, you know, when I just realized that, oh, my life is going to go in a different direction. I'm going to have different priorities. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna, you know, I have kids. I'm going to have a wife and a family, but I can still be creative with those in my life and those can inspire me. Yeah. I don't have to be a poor comedian living in, uh, with five people in Brooklyn, you know, <laughs> and doing five open mics a, a night. I never did that many. Three was <laughs> But you hustled a lot. I feel like I, yeah, you were, you were always out on the scene performing. I and, know. Well, and... I didn't write very much. So I, I, just, <laughs> I worked it out on stage. That's how I wrote. Um, your, uh, your story, I wanted to share something cause you reminded me of something that I just recently also learned about myself, this idea of wanting to fix things. Um, mm. cause you said you wanted to do something nice for your ex at the time. And I have like a lot of insecure attachment too. And it's something I'm like aware of and working through, but it's obviously not as easy as just waving a magic wand. And yeah. I'm in a relationship now, which is very, it feels very healthy and supportive, but there are times when I go into my world cause I can get depressive. And recently, I mean, a lot of things going on. And recently I kind of had a week where I was feeling really like depressive and wanting to have a breakdown. And that triggered my insecure attachment and for no reason feeling like, Oh, I need to be doing more for my partner or he's not going to think I love him. And I had the mm. instinct to like, literally like, you you reminded me of it because I was like literally like oh maybe I should get him a gift or maybe maybe I should plan a nice um, surprise dinner and I started like going through ideas and not to say these things are bad to do I think as a partner if you have a whim and you want to do it I think it's fun but for me in this situation the motivation was I wow. was feeling insecure and afraid to lose him and it motivated me to want to do something nice but when I I stopped and asked myself, like, is this because you want to show me care or is it because you're scared and you want yeah, to like scared. build up yeah. your love bank? And so then I like stopped and was like, wait a minute, why am I feeling insecure? Are there real reasons? Yeah. Like, is this person doing something or is this like an internal thing? And it's really hard to really know sometimes when you haven't done the work. So I, who knows? Like, I'm sure I'll learn Sounds more. Sounds like you have. I'm really trying because I think in the past I've been not I haven't paid attention to when there are behaviors that are like invalidating but in this situation I truly asked myself I was like has he done anything differently and I was like no I me that's changing like I was having mm. more depressive moods and he had been just as supportive and stable as before but I sure. felt different so in that moment I realized okay this is like my trigger um, but there are situations where sometimes a person is doing something to trigger and that's when you could maybe, you know, be like, Hey, you did this and it made me feel this way. But uh, yeah, it, it's it, interesting, Teresa. I don't, I, it's, it was a while ago, so I don't remember how, what mind I was in at that time, but maybe there was, you know, cause she was visiting my folks at the time, you know, we're at mm -hmm. my parents' house. So maybe there was something happening. 
Well, by moment. by default, they're gonna pull away when they're um, you know, because her attention is gonna be on this, her grandfather, and and that right. that will feel like pulling away, even though it's indirect. It's not because of you, but right. you know, we are all receptors of emotions, and um, uh-huh. if you're feeling like the pulling, it your brain doesn't connect it to the reason always. But it's tough. It's not like again, I like just last week. You know, it wasn't easy, but I think it gets easier for me to identify what's going on. Yeah. But it doesn't feel good yet. But it I hopefully will eventually. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, that's what the work is. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. And I, um, I feel like it's helped me. Therapy's helped me. Do you guys that's go what together? I'm doing after this, I, huh? You guys go together or individually? Oh hell no. <laughs> She has her own, she does Zoom uh, therapy, and this is actually what I'm doing after I get off with you. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's like a warm up. Uh, what'd you say? It's like a warm up. This is, this is, you should be in the waiting room of Paul's therapist's <laughs> office. It's like, probably more doctor, therapeutic for me friend. sometimes. I think doing this pod has been really, like, I learn a lot um, about myself from hearing other people's stories because I, yeah. I, it's hard sometimes for me to look at my own patterns. Um, especially when from childhood, there's so many things that will set you on a different pattern. And then as an adult, you're like, oh, maybe that wasn't the best way to look at things or whatever. But looking at other people who have different backgrounds helps me sort of like in this weird, like merge of, mm-hmm. you know, merge of personalities help me understand like what I like more. I don't know. Does that make sense? You got a very diverse, uh, guest list and that's <laughs> why everyone loves this podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I'll plug it anytime I'm on it. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, Well, okay. I wanted to um, end with a game. Um, Oh, great. Yeah. So, well, first I want to say that you did a great job at this. So I know you said you have a hard time at tough conversations, but this was very easy for me. So Uh, hopefully it wasn't tough for you. Um, Oh, before we get into the game, sometimes I like to say at the end, like if you've, because you've kind of hinted that you wanted to apologize to your exes, like a final closing statement of like, if anyone's listening, you can have like a clean slate. I will absolve you from any of your guilt if you want to just like close your statement with anything you want to add to your apology. Oh, okay. Uh, Clifford, you're a good (laughs) friend. And I, if you're listening, um, uh, I'm sorry, I just ditched you back then. But um, uh, I hope you're doing well, and I hope you've, uh, you've uh, forgiven me. I hope it's not even an issue for you. And uh, specifically, Carrie, if you're listening, um, you deserve to know the truth. Um, and um, I'm sorry that I uh, left you on the lurch. It's just like I was an eight, eighth grader. I wasn't very mature with you, and you deserved better, so I'm sorry. And Teresa, uh, I'm sorry that I had to move the uh, Zoom up early for my therapy, <laughs> but I think it was worth it. So thank you. Oh, well, I, I uh, forgive you. And, you know, I wasn't even mad. So really no forgiveness, oh, need, no forgiveness needed, truly. But I absolve you. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Um, okay, well, let's get into the game and close it out on a fun little note. So that felt very. That felt like a, a Catholic confession. Did it really? That yeah, did. It felt in great. a good or bad way? Oh, good. Okay. In a good way, in a way that you know, you know. Well, uh, reach back to my eight-year-old Catholic heart. <laughs> well, unfortunately, there's no heaven and hell, so uh, I can't tell you that. You, good news, not going to hell. No. Oh, I don't know. This is just me. Hey, saying uh, dumb better... things believe whatever you want to believe um okay. we are living in a hell right now uh okay sure. so 
<laughs> Sometimes when I get into serious conversations, I have to like I'll try to riff, but then I realize like it does just sound like I'm saying something that I believe. Do do you know what I mean? Like yeah. And then I'm like, wait a minute. I hope this doesn't get me canceled. Anyways, it's a comedy podcast. I say a lot of dumb shit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, don't cancel me. All right. So All right. this game is called Sign or Stretch. And um, as you know, sign heads, signs heads might main remember you had a very popular viral Instagram blog. You just posted yeah. signs real life, honestly, viral because you were doing these in real life and posting them on the Internet. Um, but you had a, a, a thing, a meme called Sign Signs where you made funny signs like physical signs and put them around the city in New York and LA and they had funny puns and they were commentary on stuff going on in the world and yeah. silly, very fun. Thank so, you. Now everyone's doing it. <laughs> yeah. You started it. Um, well, that's Not. the, I guess the one uh, tragedy with, with the an anonymity of the signs is someone can see it and think everyone's doing this, even though they were your mastermind work. Yeah. All but right. I confess of being a, a douche when I said that. Go ahead. <laughs> no, but no, but I mean, it adds to the humor of feeling like we don't know who it is. So it makes sense mm. creatively to not sign. Well, did you did you start signing them after a while or no? I did. I started watermarking them on online. <laughs> That's funny. Um, well, so this is inspired by science in a different way. So these are signs from the universe. I don't know if you have heard of the law of attraction. There yes. are there's a very popular. Um, I mean, there's a popular book called The Secret, and a lot of people discuss this online. And I think just in general, the idea of seeing signs from, you know, in religion and universe. So yeah. I pulled some fun little stories uh, from first person accounts from Reddit, from Law of Attraction, where people share times they saw signs. And uh, yeah, so okay. I'm, so we're just going to I'm just going to read them. And then you can tell me if you think this is a sign or a stretch. Uh, OK, does that oh, make fun. sense? Because yes. Do you believe in manifestation and signs? Um, <laughs> when it comes to meeting somebody? Anything. I mean, if this is not a, there's no right signs? or wrong answer. I'm just curious where we're starting. Uh, I would say uh, no. Cool. I would say no. That's fine. Uh, I would say there's predilections and mm -hmm. like types that people have. Yeah. But I wouldn't say signs. No, I think it's, <laughs> I think it's, I don't know, as random as it could get. But let's see what these are. Good. That'll make it more fun. Because I think if you were like, magic is real, and these are all word for word real, this would just <laughs> not go as well. Okay. So it's, yeah. uh, okay. So here's the first one. Um, okay. So this one's a little long. They're not all this long, but this is about a person. So I love reading about receiving signs from the universe. I thought I would share the story of one I received early this morning. Um, I was driving and decided to ask the universe for a sign about my specific person. I said, universe, should I keep this person in my vortex? Show me a sign in the next 48 hours. Well, this morning, my puppy was restless. Uh, she's never that way. It was 5.30 a.m. and she usually stirs around 6.30. After much, just a, lay down, baby, and it's too early to get up. I got dressed and took her outside. She did her thing, and as I was walking back to my apartment, I noticed a stem of flowers laying on my car. Um, mm. I stopped, looked at the other cars, noticed no other flowers, and went closer to have a look. The flowers weren't placed there by someone because it was just kind of strewn across the passenger side of the windshield. Uh, upon closer inspection, it was a stem of gladiolus, bright pink and beautiful. Not withered, just gorgeous. I quickly went to the internet and Googled what gladiolus means. Strength, integrity, infatuation. I got my sign. My person is obsessed with integrity. Do what is right always, I heard him say many times when we were together. 
Um, some would say this is just a coincidence, but we know better. I got in my car to go to the store, turned the corner, and there were other gladiolus strewn across the road. The stems could have landed on any of the other cars in that truck's path, but it landed on mine. Ooh. Is this a sign or a stretch? Um, so a truck full of flowers <laughs> driving down the road. Yeah, and flew off. got some on her on her car. Mm-hmm. And it was a type of flower that signified loyalty, right? Is that integrity was the one she integrity on and yeah. her whoever she was thinking about was always always talked about integrity. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say stretch. I agree with you. I mean, I think signs are just signs to what you're feeling in your heart in a way. So in your heart, she probably already wanted this, but feels like a yeah. stretch because it's like I could look at any sort of most flowers that represent things are good. So I if I'm walking around and I see a daisy, I could look that up. I bet that's a good thing. I bet none of them are right. like, leave your lover. Like I, I bet they're all. <laughs> but they're all good things. Yeah. Yeah. And what part of the flower are you going by the name? Are you going from where it's from? Are you mm-hmm. going from when it blooms? Like, if it's if it's from uh you know uh, another country oh, oh maybe he's he was born in canada maybe that's what go it far means. away yeah or maybe it's like they were falling on the floor so it's time to let him go so you really could be uh that's true yeah yeah okay here's a more uh silly one but very specific okay so okay. a little over a month ago i scripted in my journal that i was so happy to have this specific pair of doc martin shoes so she's manifesting here um, okay yeah are those the the big chunky ones where they call yeah creepers? they're like big boots yeah so i've been wanting them for years but they're really expensive and i don't like asking people to buy me things and i wasn't going to drop 140 dollars on these shoes yeah after i scripted that i forgot about it and went on with my life the other day though i had thought about it as i was falling asleep I thought to myself, wow, whatever happened to that manifestation? Maybe I didn't do it right. I still don't have them. Um, Okay, so I didn't want to buy them myself. But as this thought popped into my head, I started to be more specific with the manifestation and believed that my mom would find them in one of her thrift finds. She's a big thrifter, but hadn't recently gone because of COVID. After that, I went to sleep. I w- uh, and then so, okay, naturally I woke up at, okay, I'm skipping ahead. She woke up at 1 p.m. I went downstairs and what do you know? 1 p.m.? So, yeah. <laughs> okay, just, right. She goes on about her sleep schedule being off, which is not important. Yeah, okay. no, skip that. Uh, so I went downstairs. What do you know? My mom went to the thrift store. She was giving me her haul. And as I was just about to go upstairs, she said, oh my God, you'll never guess what I found. I was about to check out. She pulled out the exact pair of shoes I wanted in my exact size. And they were brand new for $20. They, this was so shocking because it was so damn near impossible to find new, very original, expensive shoes in your size at a thrift store. What do you think about this? <laughs> you you shook your head, so I think you know what it is. <laughs> but so it's not it's not a sign. She she did like a vision board thing, right? Yeah. Or, or she wrote about her. She wanted these shoes. Yeah. These docs. Forgot about it, and the one night she's falling asleep, like, I, well, maybe my mom will go there, and if she picks it up. That'd be great because I don't want to buy it myself because I'm a cheap ass and I don't have a job because I sleep till one. <laughs> Lo and behold, she wakes up after lunch and her mom's like, I found you these shoes. Wow, so, drag her. <laughs> so that's not really a sign. I mean, if anything, she's a, a lucky mooch. A sign she should get I'm a not, job. I'm not going to say a sign. <laughs> I love that you just read her so like just so casually and I love that. Um <laughs> Yeah, I agree. Uh, because first of all, I don't think this is, if it was true, you're using these powers wrong. Like if you have these powers, please 
use these to give someone who doesn't have shoes shoes. Yeah, right. Um, But also, yeah, I agree with you. It's sort of like, it sounds like all the pieces were in place that it was going to happen anyways. Okay, okay, we'll wrap it up. Let me see. Okay, so there's, um, let me end with this one. Okay. This one is kind of silly. Uh, well, they're okay. There's two. So one is kind of like a, a bad one, but kind of a funny one. Or it's not bad, bad, like scary, but just like it didn't go well. And one is Ooh. just kind of, you want that one? Okay. So it's not. All right, let's do it. It's, I decided to post this little story after I saw someone else say, be careful what you manifest. I recently had to find out the hard way. I've been manifesting high grades for my finals. I specifically asked for a 90 on my calculus three final. We had the exam. The grades were uploaded within a week. I couldn't believe my eyes when I saw my grade. I did manifest a 90. To my surprise, our professor announced that the final grades were on a scale of 120, not 100, which makes my precious 90 a 75%. (laughs) Uh, first of all, who grades on that scale? And second of all, uh, I love it. That's a sign. And that's a sign you got, should be studying. Uh, you should be, you should be studying. Yeah, that's like a Jeff Foxworthy joke. Uh, yeah, I think that's that so I like. I think that captures to me how I feel about manifesting. I do like low key believe in manifesting, but I don't believe in it as like how you should spend your time. Just like I think. I'm not specifically religious, but I think praying is fine as long as you're also Mm -hmm. acting out in the real world the way you, uh, you know, study. So, yeah, yeah, if you're uh, wanting that 90, it's totally fine to go to bed thinking about it, but also maybe study. So then you're sure you're going to ace it instead of wondering. (laughs) I manifested it, dude. Um, I also think you, 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 you give, you get what you give. Yeah. If you're giving out positive vibes about things can work out and you're and what you're doing is going to work out and you put people around you with the same energy as that, then you will manifest a 90, but it'll be a 90 out of 100, you know? Yeah. Or just I, manifest the 100. Hey, I'm going to just tell this girl is like, I'm just going to tell this girl if she's listening, probably not, or maybe Gaia. Who, I, I don't know why I see, I read everything I as, a, as me, as if it's me. Okay. But look, manifest the 100. Okay. Don't sell yourself short. The fact that you're like, I'd be good enough with a 90, that's probably like, oh, I'm studied enough. Just manifest 100, study as much as you can, and it's then true. go to bed. <laughs> is 90 an A? I don't even know if it's an A. I don't know. I think B, it, I mean, it, B plus. it's a, uh, 90 is good. Grades are whatever. It doesn't matter where you go to school. We're all. Defund the police. <laughs> give more money to schools. I know. Speaking as someone who's been so pressured growing up, uh, needing to get straight A's in it, I'm going to tell you. It doesn't really matter, but, uh, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> wasn't that your wrestling character? Tiger mom. Yeah, it was tiger mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd bring out like the B plus and then just shame people. It shame people. Yeah. Beat them up with it their bad grades. Fun. I feel like nowadays that would feel problematic. Maybe it was still back then, but it was kind of therapeutic for me and fun. Yeah. You know, no, I think it was fine. <laughs> I think it was, and I'm a white guy that says that. Yeah. So, yeah. Sure. <laughs> Well, thank you, Jason, for coming on the show. And thank you for absolving me of my guilt um, oh, for Tiger thank Mom. Thank you. This was a great podcast. Thanks for letting me get some stuff off my chest. Thank you. Where can people follow you? Um, you could follow me at Jason C. Signs on Instagram. <laughs> also, Sign Signs is still kicking it. If you want to check out some of the old hits. Yeah. Also, um, my buddy, Travis Irvine. It's just released a movie called Killer Raccoons 2. Ooh. And you can find that on Google Movies, you know, iTunes, wherever that is. And I'm in that. Oh, awesome. Nick Turner's in that. James Adomian's in that. That's so Ron cool. Jeremy's in that. Are you, are you a uh, raccoon? So, 
No, thank God, I'm me. I'm one of the president's <laughs> men, and I'm yeah, oh, nice. I have very few lines. So check that out, and uh, you know, keep loving each other and wear your masks. Thank you. Yes, listen to Jason and follow this podcast at Tell Me Anything Pod, and follow me at Larissa T on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you. Hi, I'm Erin. And I'm Nicole. And we're the hosts of the comedy podcast, Dude, That's Fucked Up. Join us every Wednesday for an irreverent discussion on topics such as light cannibalism, a la the Donner Party, JFK's meth dependency, cryptid fanfic, and even pubes. It's available now on the Hoo Ha Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts. Go to DTFUPodcast.com for more information. You know what's not fucked up? This podcast, you butthole. Eee. This has been a hoo-ha-ha podcast.